it's going to be more beneficial than any tablet or multivitamin or any supplement you can have. If you said to somebody, I can give you a pill that increases your brain function, decreases the chances of death, increases the overall health, helps you look better, feel better, all that sort of stuff, it's almost unheard of. What is up everybody? Welcome back to the In Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. On today's show, we are wrapping up the week with interesting facts, teachable moments, and fun things that will help you live a long, happy life. I am very sore this week. From the gym? Yeah. From the program that we spoke about last week? I was gonna say that. (laughs) Those that tuned in last week will know that last week we went over in depth about the program we are doing at the moment. And we spoke about how there's four weeks in each phase. We're up to the fourth week. So uh, the first week is just getting used to the movements. Second week is trying to just uh, record a good weight and start progressing in the movement. Then week three and four, you're pushing as hard as you can. This is week four and I am pushing as hard as I can and I'm very sore. That means next week we have to say goodbye to the workouts that we've been doing. Yep. Oh, that's my least favorite part. I just got used to it all. (laughs) That's the point of it. Uh, So yeah, if you didn't listen to that podcast, make sure you go back and listen to last week's great episode, especially for those that want to get into strength training or resistance training. Just a good guide and just a good thing to go over and help you understand why strength training is so important. Yeah. All right. So the other end of strength training, I guess, is what we're going to speak about today, right? Yeah. So I want to talk about this because I've been on a few job interviews this week. Um, one of them, I walked, I've been walking everywhere uh, because it's a city. It's, we don't have a car anymore. We actually. don't have a car. It's actually quite nice. But walking everywhere. And then I got to this one job interview, obviously in a gym, uh, one of the things about moving to Melbourne was for me to get back into the health and fitness industry, not just sit at home on our desk and do it. So I've been going to a few gyms and having a few interviews and I said I walked to this gym to do the trial uh, trial day, a couple of hours, whatever it was, and the guy couldn't believe I actually walked. He's like, what? why would you walk? You can drive or you can get, and I just it just, it was so... It, walking was just so foreign to him and he couldn't believe I actually walked there. And he works at the gym or owns the gym. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not going back to that gym for that reason and others that I won't get into. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just thought it was so funny that this guy that owned a gym couldn't believe I actually walked to the gym. And it was only really a 10 minute walk, 15 maybe. Even when we were selling our car back home, because we, we cut down to one car anyway, because we work together, we go to the gym together we do everything together so it made sense to have one car and then when I told everyone back home that we were selling the car they're like what you're not going to have a car how are you going to get around (laughs) we're going to walk (laughs) um but I really I really enjoy it like yeah it takes a bit more time but if you plan ahead then it's fine there's like nothing wrong with it and then obviously if we have to go really far we can just catch a tram but yeah and it's just so overlooked because it is so easy and it's so accessible to everybody. Yeah. It's very overlooked, but it is one of the biggest things you can do to move the scale in your favor of health and wellness. Walking is a very important thing for a human to be able to do and to be doing. Mm. Uh, so I thought it would just be a good topic to dive into. 
So before we dive into it, I wanted to clarify a few things. The first is 10,000 steps, right? Mm. If you're listening to this, you're probably thinking walking, how much am I supposed to walk? And the worldwide like number that is out there is 10,000, right? And I was like, why? Why is it 10,000 steps? Because realistically, that's a lot. Even for us, 10,000 steps is a lot, right? Like how many steps have you been tracking on your phone since we moved to the city? Yeah, well, one of the reasons why I started walking everywhere a bit more purposely was because the first week we were here, we were just straight back into work. And I thought, you know, we're still taking dogs out three or four times a day to go to the toilet, which is across the road, a little bit of walking involved. I figured, oh yes, that's gonna get our steps up. Um, we're still going on a little bit of a walk with the dogs, but I was hitting maybe 4,000 steps a day, mm. if that, on a good day. And I was blown away to see how many, how my steps just declined. So then I made it a per conscious purpose to actually start walking everywhere. Yeah. And yeah, it does take that a little bit longer, but it just takes a little bit more planning and organizing your life. Yeah. So if 10,000 steps sounds daunting, never fear, because we have the answer that I'm sure you actually want to hear. So the target of 10,000 steps actually came about in Japan in the 1960s because a company that manufactured odometers thought that 10,000 was a good target for a marketing campaign because it's a round number, it's like, it's slightly higher, so it's a little hard to achieve, so it's kind of a challenge. And it looks and better. It, and it looks nice mm. in marketing. And so it just, it's just stuck yeah. since the 1960s. Yeah. So that is where 10,000 steps has come from. There's no scientific evidence behind it. It's just a nice, pretty number, target <laughs> to have, right? Um, and then just to put it in perspective, because like obviously people don't really wear pedometers. Like, you know, mm. you remember pedometers, you used to yep. get them in the Kellogg cereal box, yep. clip them on your pants. You can use your phone, but just to put in perspective, 10,000 steps is roughly the equivalent of walking eight kilometers. Because I hear a lot of, when we talk to a lot of people here in the city, they're like, I walk five kilometers today, or I walk three kilometers every day. So just to put in perspective, eight kilometers is 10,000 steps. So mm. you can sort of work it out from there, right? Yeah. Okay. What should we talk about first? The health benefits, I guess, seems we're a health and fitness podcast, right? Let's do it. Okay. So firstly, I think the most evident one and the one that we probably reference the most is weight loss, right? Mm. Obviously adding in just more activity, like we've spoken about a bunch in the past, is going to help you with weight loss, especially if that's your goal. Fat loss, if muscle building is your goal, walking is still great because it's going to help with fat loss so you get like that leaner aesthetic. But aside from that, uh, there's like a lot of internal benefits to walking as well. So it can help your heart and lung function. It lowers cholesterol and blood sugar, which I actually wasn't really that aware of that. Mm. Um, it helps to increase your metabolism because like you're moving, so you're burning calories. So you're using more of the food that you're eating as actual fuel. Um, it helps you sleep better and it helps with your mental health, which I think is probably... I don't know, it's the, the up and coming reason to walk at the moment, I think. Like mm. there's a lot of movement around mental health and walking, especially getting outside and walking is so good for your mental health, <laughs> right? Yeah. So good. Um, and then I did have a few points about how it helps with concentration and learning, which we won't go too deep into that, but I'll mention that later, right? Mm. So the study that I brought along today um, just sort of highlights how many steps is beneficial because we've already said that 10,000 is like whatever. Um, and then at what point is like the upper limit? 
is there an upper limit of too many? Like once you get to a certain point, does mm. it even matter? Yeah. So walking fewer than 4,000 steps per day is associated with higher mortality rates. Yeah. So less than 4,000 steps, more likely of an earlier death, right? Yep. Does that clarify that enough? So if you're walking an average of 4,000 steps a day and you add an additional 1,000 steps, just 1,000, so 5,000 steps a day, you are going to significantly lower your mortality rate. So it's just 1,000. Wherever you are right now with your steps, maybe you need to spend a week collecting your steps first. Mm. I don't know. And then just adding an extra 1,000 until you get really used to that and it's super easy, then you can add another 1,000. And every time you go up, it's going to lower your mortality rate, right? Mm -hmm. And then the upper limit is like 12,000 steps, which is... That's a fair That's a fair amount, right? Yeah, but I'd find tradies and all that sort of stuff, people with outside jobs would do that easy. That's true, yeah. yeah. So anything upwards of 12,000, like there's still a benefit, but it's not like they have found a significant decrease in the risk of increased mortality rate, Yeah. right? So yeah. 12,000, anything upwards of that is just a bonus, yeah. essentially. Um, so, and the other thing that I want to mention before we move on is that speed, the speed of your walking actually wasn't a factor. So I guess speed would come into it if you're a busy human and you struggle to fit a walk in, then increasing your speed is going to be beneficial for you because you're getting more steps in. Yep. But the actual speed, apart from, I guess, heart rate, like generally you want to be in what zone two? Yeah. Maybe. Again, I don't think it actually matters. It's just the actual steps. Yeah. Going through the motion Doing of Doing some sort of activity. Yeah. So the more steps also that the participants of this study did, the greater cognitive, the better, I should say, their cognitive function was. So they had better attention. They had better executive function, better language and communication skills, and better memory. So they tested a few things. They tested... It was a longitudinal study of 22 years, I think. We can yeah. put the link in the description. Yep. But they tested, yeah, the steps, like the average daily of steps and then the cognitive abilities because obviously it's more than just how you look, <laughs> right? Uh, okay, so then I guess we should probably talk about when, how, why. Well, we've spoken about why, when and how. Yeah. To get him more walking, right? Yep. When? When do you think is the optimal time? <laughs> what would you say to I was, everyone? I was actually thinking this the other day because a lot of people go, well, I haven't got an extra 40 minutes to go for a walk. I'd say get up 40 minutes earlier and go for a walk in the morning. Yeah. Um, I would say the morning is definitely the most optimal time to go for a few reasons. Yeah. So if you said to somebody, I can give you a pill that increases your brain function decreases the chances of death, increases the overall health, helps you look better, feel better, all that sort of stuff. It's almost unheard of, which walking does. So to have walking in your life is probably the most important thing. And I'd say it's the minimal amount of exercise you need to be doing each day. Is a walk. Is a walk. Yeah. So it, it is very important. It is something you should have like a multivitamin. Yeah. It's, more, it's going to be more beneficial than any tablet or multivitamin or any supplement you can have out there. Yep. So walking is very important. So by getting up an hour early just to make time for it, 
it's more beneficial. Yeah. So if that means you have to get up before your kid's family gets up just so you can go on a walk, it'd be better to take them on the walk because they need the walk as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you need to, I'd do that. Yeah. And not, I think like I'm a big advocate for getting like the hardest thing that you have to do in the day done first. Mm. And I think we've spoken about that with like training schedules and stuff as well. So like just getting up and going for a walk, you don't have as much time to think about the resistance or the actual motion of putting your shoes on, getting dressed and going for a walk. Like if you plan to go for a walk after work, there's so many things that can happen throughout the day that are going to stop you from walking. So mm. that's another reason why I think the morning is great. Also just walking in general is really good for like your circadian rhythm. And we have spoken a bunch of times in the past about getting morning sunlight in your eyeballs to help regulate your circadian rhythm and help with concentrate and fo concentration and focus and just your ability to avoid like the afternoon slump. Mm. So you get sun in your eyeballs, you get moving, which is also great for your digestion in the morning and you get your, wa your walk done first thing. Like there's three great benefits to walking first thing in the morning. The other time I would say that's optimal to walk would probably be, probably be multiple times a day, mm. right? So if you have a desk job and you're sitting down for eight hours, that's so bad <laughs> for your body. If you're standing for eight hours, that's also bad for your body. So ideally in an ideal perfect world, like going for a walk in the morning at lunchtime and the evening, they don't have to be long, like 10 minutes each, that's 30 minutes accumulated throughout the day would be fantastic yeah right uh yeah 100 if you haven't got that hour in the morning break it up into yeah chunks. four different walks yeah uh, there's a big movement at the moment about taking work calls on a walk yes right or just any sort of work you can do over the phone or you know just chatting to somebody a work colleague whatever it is just stand up and have the conversation or if you can, if it's going to be a longer one, like a meeting, go for a walk yeah. or, you know, worst case scenario, jump on a treadmill and do, do the conversation, whatever you need to do just to get moving because you can still have a conversation and walk. Um, obviously, you want to be in a safe environment. You don't want to be in the middle of a CBD <laughs> and a traffic. I don't know. I still see some people doing that, yeah, talking true. on the phone, like crossing <laughs> the road and everything. Yeah, not paying attention to anything. Um, so just, yeah, like you said, just trying to be aware of times and making sure you're moving in those times where you you can. Yeah, like yeah, just making the most of any small windows that you have. I feel like we underrate the amount of time when we have free, we just fill it with scrolling on mm. social media because it's mm. so super duper easy. But if you just become aware of what you're doing when you have nothing to do, you might just be able to fit a little bit more activity in around that right and it, yeah and it's still this thing of people think oh it's just a two minute walk it's not going to be beneficial but two minutes is very beneficial anything yeah. is beneficial i've spoken about this on previous podcasts when you haven't you've got your gym time set and you haven't got time to do a lot, lot of exercises it's still beneficial just to go in and do a few exercises like a quarter of the amount that you actually had in your program it's still even just one go in do one exercise walk out that is 10 times more beneficial than not doing it at all. Yeah. But we just underestimate how much a little can add up over time. Definitely. And also just, if you just tell yourself, I'm going to go for a two minute walk, 
the chances that you end up walking for 15 or 20 minutes mm. are massive because yeah. honestly, you're already out there, you're starting to feel better, you're starting to feel more motivated, so you just keep going anyway. Mm. Okay, I think that we should probably talk about how to add in more walking. So like we obviously just said, find time, yep. <laughs> but specific ways. I think the best way that I've seen you add in more walking is like I could probably benefit from this too but we're always together so we probably do the same amount of steps <laughs> roughly um, but that is just tracking right mm. tracking your steps so if you start tracking your steps and you only walk 2,500 steps and you see that physically on your phone or your watch or whatever it is you're going to be a lot more motivated to up the target and just seeing like if you set yourself a target of 5,000 just seeing how close you can get to the target is a lot of motivation and almost some sort of accountability as well without actually having an accountability partner, right? Yeah. And as we always say, you can't improve what you don't track. And I reckon a lot of you will be surprised how little steps you're actually getting per day. Yeah. Um, it does take a lot of effort to, or just a conscious effort to move to actually get your steps up. Yeah. The other thing, physical thing that I think could help someone improve their walking is to get a dog. <laughs> Don't get a dog just to walk. But I mean, if you have a dog, we, I definitely use our dogs as like almost like a way to guilt myself into walking, mm. which is probably not the best. But when I think about like, I've been sitting down all day, they've been laying down all day. Like, how do they feel? How do the dogs feel? And then if you don't want to get a dog, because that's pretty extreme and they're a lot of work, just find a friend that you think needs to also increase their steps and just say, okay, this time we're going to go for a walk for this long every day. And it's just an account external like accountability. Mm. Um, and you're helping them, they're helping you. And just the fact of going for a walk and talking to somebody without your phone or any technology yeah. is great. I was actually having this conversation with a client the other day because she started doing some extra step steps on her treadmill at home. It's just one of those small little ones that she walks on, um, but she's getting extra steps in. Mm. It's fine. She's said she's doing a 15 minute block here and there. She's like, do I listen to something? Do I watch something? <laughs> and I'm like, and I was actually thinking this the other day when I was doing the same thing. It's like, what do you do? And I think if you can remove all technology and just go for 15 minutes, these days it's like, oh, you're just walking on a treadmill. You're not listening to anything. You're not doing anything. You're just walking. It's a waste of time, mm. but it's actually still good for your brain just to just be, be in the free, moment, be not, free, yeah. not have anything just buzzing in through yeah. your ears. No input, because we constantly have some sort of input, right? Yeah, um, I've been diving down the rabbit hole of dopamine overload and all that sort of stuff. I'm not, I won't go into a whole other topic, but just having that time of no sensory overload, mm. um, and that could just be just talking to somebody while you walk. Um, is just very beneficial. So you don't have to be doing something while you're on the, the treadmill or whatever, walking for 15 minutes. Yeah. You can just be walking. Yeah. And then I guess there's the other obvious ones like parking further away from your office or the grocery store, taking the stairs. What else is there? Like hanging the washing out on the line, mowing the lawns, vacuuming. All those things that we've the... replaced with robots. Yeah, yeah. Just just think about the easiest ways for you to start to adding to add in extra steps. Hmm. Even when we go to the dog park sometimes to let the dogs off. I noticed this morning 
we tend to just stand there and it's cold and we're just standing there like <laughs> well I do anyway <laughs> um but like just start walking backwards and forwards just dawdle around just pace just mm. I don't know just yeah anywhere you can anywhere you are still or you could easily add in walking just start doing it yeah um everybody's got those little things that they can do they know they don't but whether it's put your water bottle yeah 10 meters away from you yeah. yeah so you're constantly getting up to have a drink or whatever it is drink more water so you constantly have to go to the toilet like me that's a good <laughs> trick real quick everybody i just want to jump in and thank you all for your love and support of this show we have been getting a bunch of new listeners on this show and it is all thanks to you. Podcasts grow from word of mouth. So if it wasn't for you liking, sharing, leaving five-star reviews and positive comments wherever you listen to this podcast, then other people wouldn't be hearing about it as well. So if you haven't, Mac and I would appreciate it a lot if you left us a five-star review and a positive comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you've made it this far in the podcast, obviously you are enjoying it and getting some good information. So share it with a friend or family member. It takes two seconds to copy the link for this show and send it to them so they can get some information and improve their health and wellness as well. We appreciate you all. Thanks in advance. Let's get back to the episode. Should we get into some listener questions? Let's do it. Um, a lot of listener questions this week. Thank you very much to everybody who submitted a question. Uh, I have um, can dumb them, not dumb them down, but shorten them a little bit because I've continued the conversation with you guys who have given these questions. Uh, we dived into it a little bit more in the conversations with the people that asked it, but just made them a little bit easier. I've got a couple. Have you got any? Nope. Good. <laughs> but before we go, did I see you make a question space on the website the other day yeah so generally we would be narxing to put, go to social media wait for the question box all that sort of stuff and i even i thought that was a bit too hard so now there is a dedicated spot there'll be a link below every video every podcast there you can go to that link at any time and just submit a question yeah you don't have to have too many details we ask for your name email address and then you question, you don't have to enter the personal details. You can just submit the question without the name. Cool. Um, so that's always there, 24 hours. Anytime you've got a question, you can just go and submit your question. Because I know sometimes you get questions and you forget them. And I also forget to check the question boxes on Instagram and they expire and I'm like, well. Well, you do better than I do. I don't <laughs> even put up the question boxes. So um, yeah, so that is there from now on and you can submit your questions anytime. Amazing. What do we got? All right. So I've got a couple of, I guess you could say, more rapid fire questions. Oh, I guess they don't have to be rapid fired answers. I don't <laughs> think I can give a rapid fire answer anyway. Um, so, and then one really good question at the end that I'll dive into when we get there. Okay. All right. First question, what is your favorite machine in the gym? Oh, uh, a machine. Hmm. None. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick a machine, Probably like the, the cable thing. Yeah. Would you, would, what cable, would that pass? What cable movement? Um, the side delt raise, is that what it's called? Yeah, D uh, cable lateral raise. Sure, yeah, that. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd also go a cable machine. I'd probably go a lap pull down though. So I've been doing a lap Ooh, pull down with a yeah. wide grip with rings on 
the bar. I'll try and record it and put it over the video for those watching along on YouTube. It just allows you to just get a lot of scapular traction and you, you, you do eight reps and your lats are just on fire. <laughs> just because I haven't had access, I haven't had consistent access to a mm. cable machine for eight years. I've been hitting them on and off here and there when, I've, when I could, but haven't had consistent access to a cable machine for yeah, a long time. So it's been good to be able to work those lats in different ways. Yeah. Um, would you do the carnivore diet? No way. Not a chance in the world. I would I, just not eat. I would, so for those listening that don't know what the carnivore diet is, it's meat only. So you're literally only eating meat. Ugh. I would give it a go just to see what it's like. We can't afford it though. No. Like, I, you would want, I'd strongly recommend not doing this with supermarket meat. We've talked about why supermarket meat is bad for your health in previous podcasts, but if you're gonna do this, you'd want the premium meat you can get your hands on yeah. and a variety. We've also spoken about how if you only ate beef, then you're gonna be lacking in nutrients and you want a wide range. So that could be fish, chicken, pork, beef, lamb, everything. You'd want the best quality. And for me to do it, I worked it out. So I'd have to eat around two, two and a half thousand calories, 3,000. That ended up being about six to $700 in meat a week. Jeez. Get, getting good quality meat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's unfeasible at the moment. And I've heard it makes you go to the toilet quite regularly. It would because you have sudden. <laughs> no fiber to bind your stool. So it'd just be like liquid coming yeah, out. And apparently it gives you no um, warning. Uh, so. <laughs> all the more reason to not do it. Yeah. Again, it's something I'd like to give a crack, but at the moment, yeah, it's just a money thing. And I can't, I don't want to give it a go that much. Um, what, what supplements are you taking? Right now, hmm. zero. Hmm. You, I feel like our minimum is usually creatine and ashwagandha, mm. but we've just run out of both. Yeah. So we have zero supplements right now. And yeah, like I've said that in the past, going off protein powders for a little bit, not saying they're bad, not saying that you shouldn't have them. Um, just a personal thing, I've just gone off them. I'll probably spend another six months off them at least, I reckon, before I start adding them back in. Um, yeah, and we just need to order some more creatine. Yeah. That's a daily thing that we should be having, but we're not at the moment. Um, Occasionally we have, like depending on if we've been gifted or bought, like a set of life cycle mushroom adaptogens, which is just like, like lion's mane, cordyceps, reishi, chaga, and what's the other one? There's always another one I forget. Anyway, turkey tail. Turkey tail, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're sort of on and off as well. Um, all right. Can you get RSI from training? What is RSI? Repetitive strain injury. So. Oh, yeah. So like tennis elbow from tennis players, get that right? Yeah. So I'm going to say yes, but also no. Okay. So you need to be doing that activity quite a lot to get an injury. So. The act, like an activity? The activity. Or just one movement? Or both. Both. So you're not really going to get it from working out. Let's use squats, for example. You, you, you work out for an hour, and if you've got 
three or four sets of squats in that, it's probably only gonna take up 10 minutes of the workout. So you're only doing that movement for 10 minutes, however many reps you're doing. Where if you go for a run, like you said at the start with walking, um, if you run eight Ks, that's, what'd you say, 10,000 steps? Yeah. <laughs> so that's 5,000 reps on one side. Yeah. So that's a lot more reps done on that one side. So obviously it's a bit more repetitive, so you can, you've got more risk of an injury. Or you could be standing at a desk or sitting at a desk wrong all day. And if you're sitting at a desk all day for six hours, that's a whole lot more than that 10 minutes of squats. So it's more likely that the injury is coming from the six hours of even just sitting there not doing an activity yeah. rather than the 10 minutes of squats. A lot of people will blame their training when you've got to look at your whole daily intake. Um, I notice that sometimes when I sit down to edit a lot, I'll get strain in my wrist um, and I'm just sitting there using a the mouse. Um, it sounds silly, but because I'm literally spending six hours just holding the mouse and you know working that wrist, it's not doing much, but it's six hours compared to you know one hour in the gym and how much work is that wrist actually doing in the gym anyway? Yeah, so RSI, is just like a broad general thing that like a physio would assign or it's self-assigned like is it just like temporary pain discomfort like what how All would you even above. know yeah um like it's not like an actual injury like you have tennis yeah. tennis elbow is a good example yeah most people have experienced that yeah or golfer's elbow whatever you want to call it um it's just you're doing too much of one thing. It could just be sitting at the desk all day with your elbow bent in that one position, but then you go and do a workout where you're extending it and the extent, because it's been in that one position all day and then you try and extend it, it can be putting tension on the, the tendons and ligaments in your elbow. Um, again, it's just very different, but all I'd say if you are thinking it's from the exercise, I'd say take a big look at the your daily activities yeah. and what you are and aren't doing and it could be coming from that um all right last question a lot to break down in this one great question as well um this is obviously from a long-time listener she's bringing up a couple of points that we're, we've said that contradict each other and i love these questions so never feel like you can't ask these questions or point these things out if we're saying something that contradicts what we've said in previous podcasts before, um, bring it up. I love talking about it. Um, obviously, sometimes my changes, sometimes I don't convey the message properly, so that could come across. So definitely hit us up and pull us up on those topics or things we say. All right, so in previous podcasts and content that we release, we've said to get out of your comfort zone when training in life or creating new habits because you don't grow when you're comfortable. Okay, so get out of your comfort zone. To have growth. To grow, yeah. Is basically what we've said. And then this person's saying, at what point does it become growth or stress? So getting out of your comfort zone. At what point does getting out of your comfort zone be growth or does it be stress? Yeah, as in, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, is it, when does it become good and when is it bad? Mm -hmm. And then obviously she, cortisol is a 
um, hormone related to stress and how much cortisol is bad or good, basically. So a um, couple of things, obviously a lot of things that break down in there. I'd say don't worry about your cortisol levels too much. Your body should be regulating that itself. Um, cortisol isn't inherently bad. Like we no. need cortisol. Mm. I feel like it's been labeled as like a bad stressful hormone. And like if you have too much cortisol, then like you're, you have chronic stress or whatever the label is. But we actually do need it to function and adapt and yeah. just be a normal human being. Like yeah. it is important. It's not bad. It's yeah. just... So like when you work out, that is a stress on your body. So cortisol rises to help bring inflammation into your body so your body can recover from the workout. Now, obviously it becomes an issue when you're working out 24 hours a day and you're not recovering yeah. and your body's just full of inflammation all day. So that's obviously an issue as well. Um, but I wouldn't stress about that too much, but yeah, let's go into when is it when should you go into growth mode mm -hmm. and when does it become bad? Mm -hmm. mm. I, okay, I don't know what you're going to say at all, but I think that it comes down to you being able to do some sort of personal reflection and notice the cues, like your body's cues as to like what is stress and what is discomfort because a little bit of stress is also going to feel uncomfortable, but it's not necessarily bad, right? And then like the next level of stress is when it does become, I suppose, chronic for lack of a better term, and you're not getting anything productive out of it. So you're stressed, but you're not, it's not for a good reason. Like exercise is stress for a good reason. I would say studying at uni and having less time than you would like is a stressor but it's for a good reason and it's manageable so i would say when you feel like the stress is no longer manageable and you're not getting anything beneficial from it you're not seeing any growth small or big then that's when it's the wrong you've taken the change in the wrong direction mm. or it was an unnecessary change is, is that even clear yeah i think so okay so what's your what's your stance um two ways to look at it you don't have to always be in growth mode in every single aspect of your life because that is very stressful trying to grow everything at once yes um it just it comes down to what you want to you know obviously grow and learn and that sort of stuff second it comes down to mindset as well of you going into this growth mindset if you are trying to start a new business and work for yourself when you hate working for yourself you don't know how you've always worked for somebody else you're not self-motivated you know you're trying to force it and your mindset is like why am i bothering with this and i could just be working with somebody else and not have to have all this stress then your mindset is not aligned with what you're trying to grow yeah so make sure your mindset is aligned with what you want to grow because the placebo effect is real. Mm. So if you're trying to change something and grow, but you're also having a negative mindset around it, you're gonna have a negative result. So having bringing a positive mindset, like I'm gonna get up early in the morning so I can start walking because it's gonna have a massive impact on my life and I, on my health and fitness and my life. And that's what I want because I wanna change and be a healthy person. If you go into that with a mindset, you are going to get up every single morning and do it. Yeah. 
where if you go, this is a hassle, I don't really care about walking, throwing it outside. Mac and Jack told me I have to do this. Yeah, why do I have to do it? And it it's just two completely mind, different mindsets. And this, this comes down to, we've spoken about this, about gold setting and making sure you're doing it for the right reasons and your whys and all that sort of stuff. It comes down to that as well. Um, and like, you know, it could be habits as well, like having a cold shower, trying to create that habit. It's very uncomfortable. No one really wants to do it, but there's no side effects from it. Yeah. Like nothing can actually bad can come from having a cold shower. So there's also that side of it as well. Like, yes, you've got a bad mindset around it, but it's just a cold shower. Like what's the worst can ha happen? I can't think of bad things that can happen from a cold shower only positive it's things cold <laughs> but you go into it with a bad mindset but you just do it anyway yeah so obviously there's levels of this as well so i'd say just check your mindset um and going into whatever you want to grow or whether it's you know a body composition goal like she said training life or habits you've just got to think about it take the time to actually sit down write write it out think about it think about your why and the mindset going into it. And if you haven't got a good mindset going into it, it might just not be the time to try and grow in that area just now. Yeah. Like it's okay not to do everything all at once. Yeah. So sometimes if you drop if you drop one thing, then you can do the other things at better quality and get better results anyway. Yeah. And then pick it up later on because ideally we've all got a hundred years here so just like cool yeah. it for a second <laughs> you can just focus on one area and grow that for five or ten years and then go on to the next one um and yeah like i said don't stress about your cortisol levels your body should be regulating that in a natural way if it isn't then you've got to go see a professional doctor doctor a healthcare professional yeah great uh again thank you all for your questions that was a great lot of questions We'll do it again in another couple of weeks and we'll make sure you guys can see it and submit your questions. If you do submit a question before then, we'll obviously answer it on the next Q&A. Cool. Awesome. Yay. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk to you all in the next episode. Bye.